0: Please uh, join me in prayer. Almighty Father, we're so grateful that we can come before you and worship you and honor your name on this Sabbath day. You who knows all things, who has the pulse of this world, both past, present, future. We put ourselves in your hands. We look to you for all things. We thank you for the blessing of knowing your name, knowing your truths, and for calling those who have a sincere desire follow you. We're so grateful for this day, for those who have joined us both here and also in video land. We pray that they would give a special blessing as well. We pray also for those who are making commitments to you through baptism. We know that this is the way that Yahshua taught and this is the things that we must do. So we pray, Almighty Yahweh, now that you'll bless the service. Be with those that have a special need, who are suffering this day whatever it might be, whatever affliction, that you would be there, Yahweh Raphael. So we thank you and we honor you in this day, in this service. In Yahshua's name, hallelujah. Maybe may be seated. A wise man once said, some people can learn from reading. Some people can learn from listening. Some can learn from seeing things happen to others. Some need something to happen to themselves before they can learn. Today I hope to answer a couple of key questions of the only two real superpowers this earth has ever seen. Why did Roman, the Roman Empire collapse? And could America follow in the same vein. You know, if history tells us anything, it's that great civilizations aren't murdered. Instead, they take their own lives. So, concluded the historian Arnold Toynbee in his 12-volume work, A Study of History. He examined the rise and fall of 28 civilizations And although empires usually cause their own decline, their self-destruction is often aided and abetted by others. Like viruses that invade when the body becomes weakened. When health is compromised, destructive agents will move in at the first sign of weakness. Why look at historical societies and their politics anyway? Well, because their past And present are a key to our present. As mankind, we're all tied together. Yahshua said in Mark 13.33, Take ye heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. We don't know. Nobody knows but Yahweh himself when this earth is going to be transformed into a kingdom the kingdom of heaven. Even Yahshua doesn't know. That's why we're to watch and pray and keep our eye out for things that are happening. And Yahshua says, these are warning signs. These are signs that will tell you when the time has come. What's happening around us? Be aware. No prophecy. Verse 29. So ye in like manner, when you shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at the doors. We'll know when we see. We can put the pieces together. We don't get an advanced warning, but we see it coming when it's fulfilling. Then we'll know. Yasha's warning is not to go on living blindly, hiding out of fear from what's happening in the world. Prophecy should not scare us, but prepare us. Ultimately, of course, the root problem confronting us is not political, cultural, but spiritual. Since the 1950s, loss of biblical principles and values in America has been in overdrive. One result is that the milk of human kindness has taken a big hit and the love of many is waxing cold. We see it every day, either personally or we see it on the news. We see it in some way. The culture is becoming coarser, people more angry, evident by a loss of civility. Even profanity is increasingly common. Things we'd never dreamed we'd see. On the news, in entertainment. As a child, I once sassed my mother. I don't recall the particulars of that infraction, but I do remember well the taste of ivory soap. And I know others also got an oral cleansing from their speech. Our world has been undergoing transformation for a while now. For more than a century, atheistic forces have labored to overthrow biblical values, biblical standards, things of the Bible that we live by. In the last couple of decades, Hasatan has stepped up his game. This nation was built specifically on religious freedom. Go back and look at the pilgrims, the Puritans, why they left Europe. But now, any reference to Yahweh in a public square is considered an offense in some jurisdictions. Predictably, efforts to remove Yahweh from the culture have resulted in a cascade of sin. In 1962, prayer was banned in schools. Abortion was legalized in 1973. Sodomite unions in 2015. I won't say marriage because Yahweh ordained marriage as a sanctified thing. And this isn't it. You know, Romans one twenty seven calls it unseemly, indecent, shameful in the Greek. And because iniquity abounds, the love of many waxes cold. Violent crime is increasing, as we all know. From criminal assaults to the burning of cities, destroying and looting businesses, attacks on police, where is the righteousness? What happened in just a very short time, it seems? How much more is the nation going to endure? We see the literal fulfillment of Isaiah 59, 14. Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Isaiah nailed it, didn't he? He nailed it. Might as well just be watching the news and with your Bible and saying, yep, that's exactly what he says. Habakkuk 1, 3 to 4 puts it this way. Why do you force me to look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Oppression and violence are right in front of me. Strife is ongoing and conflict escalates. This is why the law is ineffective and justice never emerges. For the wicked restrict the righteous. Therefore, justice comes out perverted. This was from the Christian Standard Bible. Politics is downstream from culture, goes the saying, but culture is downstream from a society's spiritual values. Without biblical values today, the door is wide open to unfettered immorality, corruption, destruction. Gross sins like pedophilia were widespread in ancient Greece and Rome. Nothing new. Who 40 years ago would have imagined there would be public lists of molesters living in your community? You can go online and you'd be appalled. It's shocking how many offenders live. Not far from every one of us. Yahweh is being shut out of society and we're seeing the shocking results. Bible-centered religion has been replaced by the religion of socialism, humanism, and evolution. They all work together in harmony. That's all one pea in the same pod. Men must be governed by G.O.D. or they will be ruled by tyrants, warned William Penn, founder and and first governor of Pennsylvania. He could see it. He knew. Most of today's crimes are committed by young people in their 20s and 30s. All summer, night after night, we witness mayhem and crimes go unpunished in the serial attacks on on cities. As one commentary noted... Higher education has been fundamentally transforming young people, many young people, into an army of arrogant, historically ignorant, morally confused, and spiritually bankrupt, hateful foot soldiers, and now they've been called to active duty. Isaiah 3.12, as for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of your paths. If it is alarming to see open vilification of traditional values waiting in the wings as fulfillment of James 2.7.7, 7. do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which you are called? Blaspheme of the holy name. When the most hallowed name, hallowed name in the universe becomes a target of hate, then the end can't be far away. We're at a tipping point that only Yashua can set aright, I'm afraid. Yahshua prophesied in Revelation 13, 17, what's ahead once the blasphemous beast system is put in place, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Those who refuse to bow to this system and take his mark will be prohibited from buying and selling. That means no groceries, no gasoline, utility services like water and light, be shut down. No cell phones. No ability to pay taxes, leading to property seizure. I believe the masses are being conditioned for total control and subjugation. The faithful will one day be shut out of society, and that's when Yahweh will take his people into the wilderness to feed them there for three and a half years. Revelation 12:14. 14, and to the woman assembly were given two wings of a great eagle that she may fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. That's the adversary. Yahshua also predicted the social climate of the latter days with its fear and its anger. Matthew twenty four twelve he prophesied, And because iniquity, that means sin or lawlessness, shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. This is no doubt saying benevolence toward others will be rare as the milk of human kindness evaporates. He also explained that lies will be common. He also explained what lies with those who are not rooted firmly in unshakable faith will be their future. Matthew 13, 20. But he that receives the seed in stony places the same as he that hears the word and soon with joy receives it. Yet hath he not root in himself. Has he not root in itself but dureth for a while but when tribulation or outside forces enter some way persecution arises because of the word by and by he is offended are we offended by the word I guess that's the question if we're approached for our beliefs and persecuted what are we going to do Offended means to trip up, have occasion to fall. It means to begin to distrust and desert what what one might trust and obey. That's what happens when a person is not totally committed. They're only superficial in their faith. Not totally committed in their walk. Not well grounded. They fall away from the faith. Many will be unable to endure opposition and suffering and he won't be able to handle it. Look what happens next, Matthew 24:10. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Anger, resentment, provocation. The true heart of the faithless is going to be revealed. Anger is just a product of Satan's influence on a heart. But sorry to say it gets even worse. Much worse. Mark thirteen twelve. Now the brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father the son, and children shall rise up against their parents and shall cause them to be put to death. Abject fear, coupled with no faith, unconverted hearts—that's all it takes. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. Yasha said, in Matthew twenty four thirteen. Think this is for a time far, far away? Think again. Even now, religious gatherings are being limited or forbidden. Free speech is being stopped. That's where we're headed, brethren. It's on our doorstep. It's not just a case of keeping safe from a virus. That's just the tip of the spear. Some are being, are using for other purposes. Hear what the apostle wrote in Romans 1 as to the root cause of all this evilness. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of Elohim. So Elohim gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what they ought not to be doing. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, Yahweh haters, insolent, arrogant and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. Seems like there's no end to what Evil can be done. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know Yahweh's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Many are just living for this life. That's all they care about. Just this life. And that's all they'll get. No wonder they are angry. They live without hope. Their, the pin of their existence is only suited for here and now it's only the here and now that they live for And I guess I'd be angry too if that's all I had And looking at this world but when you have Yahweh there's a whole different perspective your whole life your whole perspective your whole thinking is in a different line So why is America missing an end-time prophecy? It seems you can't really find it. There's no name for it anywhere. Being the best ally Israel has, why are we not running to the aid of Israel when Jerusalem is under siege during the time of Armageddon? No help from America. Why? I can think of maybe three possibilities. America's leaders will no longer be friendly to Israel. America herself will be hamstrung with its own debilitating problems or we no longer will be capable of helping anyone. When Yahweh finally had enough of Israel's sin, he came down on her with both feet. Tens of thousands died each time. Once we stop aiding Israel, look at Genesis 12:1 and 3. Now Yahweh had said unto Abram, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Psalm 122.6, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They that prosper, they shall prosper, that love thee, and the negative, of course, is what? Unprosper, judgment, for those that don't. As we look at Rome, and its waning years, The comparisons are striking with us, striking. The two, as I said, the two greatest and only superpowers in history are the Roman Empire and America. Each was and is dominant militarily, politically, economically, and culturally in their own worlds. Because of our lockdown that's killing our once vibrant economy, estimates are that China will overtake us economically in eight years, half the time they originally forecast. Eight years. years—we will no longer be the financial power of the world. Napoleon said 200 years ago, China, there lies a sleeping giant. Let him sleep, for when he wakes, he will move the world using Rome as a model of decline, we can gauge our own free uh, standing, our own fate, heading down the same road as its troubles are common to us. The Roman Empire was victim of many internal ills toward the end, many, many problems, but was finally brought to its knees when Rome was sacked by the Visigoths in the year 410 and the Vandals in 455. Finally, in 476, the uh, German leader Ado Asser stage a revolt and deposed the uh, Emperor Romulus Augustulus leading to the death blow of the Western Empire. Here are just a few of the common cracks in the foundation of both Rome and ostensibly us. The Roman Empire became ruled by German tribal chiefs, once they invaded. Outside invaders, talk, up, talk about your illegal immigrants. Roads and bridges were left in disrepair. No money to fix them. There was widespread lawlessness as pirates and bandits made travel unsafe. I guess they defunded the police. Cities falling apart, radicals burning cities and towns. Businesses disappearing. Disappearing. Think lockdowns. Each of these was characteristic of Latter-day Rome. Collapse of empires is often quick, and greatness doesn't provide a lot of immunity. Look what's happened in less than a year after the attack of the virus, with millions out of work, where just in a few months, everything was great. Everything was going strong. Change from rosy and bright, and all of a sudden, unemployment, was at record highs when it was at record lows. Look what happened to Rome. The empire covered 1.9 million square miles in the year 390. Five years later, it plummeted to 770,000. Two and a half times smaller. By 476, the empire's reach was zero. These were rapid effects of Rome's collapse. But what caused the collapse? At the end of the 4th century, the Roman Empire was going through a crisis of political corruption. The economy was in a tailspin. Religious conflicts were breaking down the culture. Christians and non-Christians were all over the place. Ultimately, invasion by barbarians would strike the death blow. Elements of all of this can be seen today with us. In the Roman Empire, financial trouble started with overspending, which led to oppressive taxation. That led many of the wealthy to flee the cities to set up their own little fiefdoms in the countryside. Today, thousands are leaving some coastal states for the same reason. At the same time, the empire was locked by a a labor deficit. Outsiders were doing the work. Roman's economy depended on slaves to till its fields and Manufacture things. No military victories meant no slaves to grab for the workforce. Many U.S. factories have now moved out or closed, making us increasingly dependent on foreigners as well for our manufactured goods. What doesn't come from China anymore? In the Roman Empire, the German Goths became the producers. Just as we, Rome, had overwhelming political problems. Being a Roman emperor had always been a dangerous job, but during this tumultuous time, the second and third centuries, it was virtually a death sentence. Civil war thrust the empire into chaos, and more than 20 men took the throne in a span of only 75 years, usually after the murder of their predecessors. The Praetorian Guard, the emperor's personal bodyguards, Assassinated and installed new emperors at will, and once even auctioned off the spot to the highest bidder. That's how, corrupt, that's how corrupt it got. The political rot extended to the Roman Senate, which failed to temper the excesses of the emperors due to its own widespread corruption and incompetence. As the situation worsened, civic pride waned, and many Roman citizens lost trust in their leaders. Anything sound familiar? We're undergoing political turmoil that will one way or another change us and our future as a nation. The, those who want to gut our entire structure, including our laws, and eliminate all memory of our history and values are being very active. A Soviet dissident joke says the future we know It's the past that's always changing. In the eyes of many of that time, early Christianity was odd. It was bizarre. And in some ways, even dangerous. For one thing, it did not fit with what the Romans considered religion. Indicative of this, Roman-era critics called it a perversion, a superstition. Interestingly, this is like the names that are increasingly being leveled against believers today. Occult. Weird beliefs. Those who refuse to embrace the immoral trends. Christian beliefs are more problematic to Rome than Jewish beliefs were. Why? Well, the Jews kind of stuck to themselves. They didn't, you know, didn't mingle too much with the culture, if at all. While the Christians were out there evangelizing, they were trying to change you know, the pagans to the truth as they saw it. And that was considered dangerous to the empire. It didn't sit well. They also refused to worship Rome's pagan gods and were called atheists because of it. Imagine that. In a smaller scale, many true believers today face the same kind of oppression when it comes to relatives, friends, Also, Bible believers were at fundamental odds with the Roman religion because they linked their religious beliefs with ethical living. We don't do that. We we believe the Bible. Something the Romans lacked because they didn't have the moral laws of the Bible. They worshiped pagan gods. To the pagan people of Greece and Rome, religion just meant pleasing those gods, giving their sacrifices and doing that just to keep them happy. And their gods represented the worst in carnal nature. If you read some of the ancient uh, works, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll find out how they thought about their gods, which were, of course uh, had nothing for them in terms of righteous living. As a result, Christians were on the leading edge of overturning popular practices in ancient Rome, such as infant exposure. You don't want the infant? Leave them outside to die. Sexual abuse of children. Rampant. Gladiator battles. And other perversities of sex in general. The Bible called men to the same kind of sexual Loyalty demanded of women, and they didn't understand that. This led to a divide with many Romans. During during Romans' descent, violent crime made the larger cities unsafe. 32,000 prostitutes in Rome during the reign of Trajan. Roman passion for cruelty made gladiator fights the most popular form of entertainment. This is how evolved they got. No wonder they couldn't sustain an empire when you fall that far into disparity, depravity. What is one of the most popular tourist attractions in the United States? One of the fastest growing cities today. Las Vegas advertises sin and immorality 24 hours a day the very abomination for which Yahweh incinerated Sodom and Gomorrah. In light of today's moral decline, biblical religion is creating its own rift with the humanistic culture. As the older generations pass on and our nation's next generation becomes increasingly abiblical, not biblical, like the Romans, we can expect to see the fulfillment of more and more Bible prophecy in this light was there a single cause for the collapse of the roman empire paul lays it out in writing to timothy this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy without natural affection all these things truth truth breakers False accusers, making up lies about other people. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Sounds like a real rat trap mess, doesn't it? Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of Elohim. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, verse 13, deceiving and being deceived. Second Timothy But continue, he says, in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. Stand strong. Don't give in. Be a beacon for truth. Be a beacon for righteousness. Somebody's got to or the stones are going to cry out. Proverbs 14.34. Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. And that's what happened to Rome. The sin of man in its ultimate, I could say, led to the, default, to the fall of that empire. Our problem as a nation is sin. Transgression of Yahweh's laws. We once had a sign on the uh, if you remember that down on 54. Sin is our only curse something like that our problem is that we need this nation to repent so long as we keep it up we can expect to fall just like Rome did are we, you, ready to stand on faith without compromising if it comes to that if you're told to renounce your beliefs and bow to evil what are you going to do they threaten your family. What are you going to do? We withstand the forces of the beast system and remain true to Yahweh even if it means the ultimate sacrifice for the kingdom's sake? We could be tried and tested, brethren, in ways we've never even thought of. Joshua said in Mark 13, 13, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures the end Until the end, the same shall be saved. So, I guess this is a a call, I guess, to awaken. Get rid of the petty stuff in our lives and start thinking more seriously about what's going to come. And are we going to remain Yahweh's people? Are we going to drop out? Is this going to be it? It's going to be tough. We have to have faith. We have to be real strong in our faith. We have to be thinking ahead and being resolved. He says when they call, you, they call you before the magistrates, the police or whatever, he said, don't worry what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit within you will tell you what to say. And I'm sure will strengthen us at that time because we're going to need strength. But remember too that this is for all the marbles. This is for, this is what life is all about on this earth. One day, to be welcomed into the kingdom, to be part of those that are called and then chosen. This is what it's for. So, I guess my admonishment today is, may we be standing for truth no matter what, no matter what comes, and know that we have a savior, know that we have the power to save us from whatever this earth will bring. For we know that our faith is strong if we remain true to Yahweh. If we don't hold back, shrink back, the Bible says, but remain strong and true, the blessings will be there. And we can count on it. And may Yahweh bless you.